0: Hey, what's up, Sooner Nation? Real quick uh, disclaimer here before we start the podcast. In this episode, I'm talking about some players in the transfer portal who could bounce out at the University of Oklahoma. And one of the players mentioned is Drew Sanders, linebacker from Alabama. Uh, You know how it goes. Since recording the podcast, Sanders has announced that he's committed to the University of Arkansas. So... He's one of four names I give you, so strike one there. But there's three others there to listen to. Thanks so much for tuning in. Williams wants to fade. Stokes in the end zone for a touchdown. Oklahoma. The stoops you hear from the crowd could be for father or son. Definitely for son after that. Hey, what's up, Sooner Nation? I know it's been a little bit of a time since we've been together, but here we are one more time, one more podcast. Still in the new year, and things have not slowed down for Oklahoma, despite the fact that the season has ended the transfer portal is just exploding right now so that leaves us uh, no short list of things that we want to discuss but we do need to at this point at least start out with a little bit of basketball talk Oklahoma sitting at 12 and 5 on the season a little bit of a rough stretch right now since beating number 11 Iowa State the Sooners have dropped back-to-back games at Texas and then at TCU and Here's the thing. I mean, the Big 12 is a tough conference, okay? No one's, no one's going to try to hide that or, or, or sweep that under the rug. And, and, and really, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that losses are easy to come by in the Big 12. What I am saying is you shouldn't be surprised anytime you lose to any team in the Big 12. All that said, Oklahoma absolutely had to have that game in Fort Worth on Saturday because when you look at the stretch they're going on right now, and you think about this, it's really just, it's almost not fair, but it is life in the Big 12. Oklahoma has lost three of their last four games, and those opponents were, at the time, top-ranked Baylor, And then Texas, they beat Iowa State, they lose to TCU. And I think TCU is sitting somewhere around 12-2, and so it's not like they're chopped liver, right? All that said, here's why you had to have that game. Here's why that was a must-win for the Sooners, because the next two are Kansas and Baylor. This is one of those no-rest-for-the-weary type situations when you're looking at uh, Oklahoma basketball. And so what that means is, you know, you want to protect the home court at all costs. You want to protect the home court. And when you drop one at home, that puts you in the situation where you have to pick one up on the road. You, you just, you got to go out on the road and you got to get one that you're going to drop. When you look at the, the heavy hitters in this conference, when you look at the Baylors, you look at the Kansas, you look at the Texas, you can even throw Texas tech in there now. And then Oklahoma state goes off and beats Baylor on Saturday where where is that like where's that weekend off where's that night off in the big 12 it's not found and what happens is you drop one at home you got to pick one up on the road oklahoma had the chance even though they haven't dropped one at home yet they had the chance they had opportunity was right there in their hands to pick one up on the road on saturday in fort worth and the fact that they didn't really makes kansas a must-win situation because you got Baylor coming right after that, you, you can't drop two at home. If you drop two at home, your your backs are firmly against the wall. You can drop maybe one at home, and you look at maybe West Virginia, maybe Kansas State. You know, maybe Iowa State. You beat them in Norman, but man, it just, it becomes that much more difficult. You don't want to you don't want to play behind the chains. I know that's a football reference, but you don't want to play behind the chains in terms of making your, your way through this Big 12 gauntlet. You, you want to stay right at 500. And the best way to do that is to protect the home court and you pick up those wins on the road as the, as you have opportunity. And that was opportunity that passed by the Sooners over the weekend. We've got a lot to talk about Going to jump into right into uh, football, the transfer portal, recruiting, uh, true or false questions. We got Rich uh, providing some questions for us this week because my travel schedule, um, he's not able to be right here with me in this moment, but he did send me some questions. We got a couple listener questions as well. We're going to jump into all that. Uh, be right back on the other side of this break. This is the Sooner Nation podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Nothing's really changed for Oklahoma on the recruiting front. Sooners still sitting number ten nationally uh, with their 2022 recruiting class. Of course, there's still a month left in this in the recruiting cycle, and then the full attention moves over to the 2023 class. But the Sooners, with the number two class in the Big Twelve, number ten nationally, they've got 15 uh, recruits that have signed letters of intent, and right now you got two that are outstanding. You got uh, Jaron Kanak, the kid out of uh, out of Hayes, Kansas, but he's on campus. I mean, he's he's in Norman, he's enrolled, he's in class. And so even though you, he's not really listed as a kid who has signed a letter of intent, uh, he's right there having, uh, he, he's a part of this class. There's there's no way to deny that. And so that leaves the big question mark for 2022 and Gentry Williams, the cornerback out of Booker T. Washington. And by all accounts, he's still committed to Oklahoma Clearly, he wants to go out and, and make, his, uh, make his visits. He wants to uh, see where, um, you know, with this new staff, he wanted to have more conversations with him and so forth. But he, I mean, he's a kid who's sitting on 19 scholarship offers. He's made five visits. And you really just kind of want to see what, what happens to him. It's interesting with him that it was between USC and Oklahoma, really, Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, and that crew win him over. I think it was Roy Manning who was taking the lead on that. And now with that crew gone to L.A., you almost feel like if Ginger Williams was going to step out and, uh, and not come to Oklahoma. That USC would be the front raider, front runners for that to happen. But also you don't want to look overlook Arkansas and the potential for the Razorbacks there um, with Gensher Williams. I, again, I don't know that Oklahoma's finished with the 2022 recruiting class in terms of incoming freshmen. I, I think there's still a chance that they might pick up one or two more guys, not a lot of guys, but one or two more. Now, the real story, when you're looking at the additions to this football program, the real story becomes the transfer portal. And whenever you talk about the transfer portal, all eyes, uh, they're, they're on Caleb Williams. I mean, they're, they're clearly on Caleb Williams and what his decision is going to be. And I believe the decision is coming soon. Uh, you, you just have to because the spring semesters are starting uh, across the country and you know, it looks like it's the chances are more and more and more slim that Kenneth Williams is gonna be back in Norman. And I don't know, I mean, I I I went from being shocked and disappointed uh, about this decision for him to, you know, the, the transfer portal to really just kind of being over it. I, I do think you have to consider I do I really do feel you have to at least consider this. The fact that Kenneth Williams stayed. And made this bowl game happen and helped Oklahoma beat Oregon, and at least in the season, on a high note. And, and even if he leaves, I think that should be taken into consideration. And I think it should be understood that what he did, I guess, is what I'm saying for this program. Because can you imagine, I mean, just imagine the a lot of us as fans— also allowed the program as a whole to go into the offseason on a high note with some momentum and so forth. Think think about this. This is what I was going to say. Can you imagine how we would be right now as Oklahoma fans? You don't make the Big 12 championship. Your last, your last thing was Bedlam. You lose the Bedlam game, and then you lose your coach the next day. And then you lose because you, know, you already lost guys like Spencer Rattler, Jaden Hazelwood, so forth. Caleb Williams jumps in on that train as well. And then you go into to San Antonio, Texas. Who knows? I mean, Ralph Rucker could have led him to victory over, over Oregon. But I, I don't know that I'm willing to bet right now that Ralph Rucker is on the same level of uh, athleticism and leadership and physical tools that Caleb Williams was on I guess the point I'm making is, even if Caleb Williams does leave, which it pretty much looks like that's what's going to happen, I, I do feel like there should be a level of appreciation there from the Sooner Nation towards Caleb Williams. Now, I think I do think most fans are like me in as much as they're just straight over it. They don't they don't want to talk about it anymore. They don't want to read about it anymore. They just kind of they've accepted that it's going to happen. And then they're moving on. They're just moving on with their lives. They're moving on with everything else. And, and like I said, they're just over it. But there is a chance. There, there's always a chance, be it ever so slightly, right? There's always a chance that he will be back in Norman. And that opens up a, an important question. When you look at the addition to of Dylan Gabriel to this roster, I think that even if Williams were to come back, this is going to be a highly unpopular opinion, I believe, but I think it's true. I think if you just stop and digest it and accept it and understand it, wrap your brain around it, whatever whatever adjective you want to use right here, I think if you just listen to this, if Caleb Williams comes back at this point, do you not say, I mean, do you not understand, do you not accept that Dylan Gabriel is the front runner? to be the Oklahoma starting quarterback in 2022, regardless of what Canada Williams does, right? Regardless of where he ends up, if he's back in Norman, Dylan Gabriel is your front runner to be the starting quarterback for this team. If he's in LA, it'll be it UCLA, it'll be it USC, if he's in Georgia, you know, there's, they just said that Georgia's reaching out to Canada Williams, trying to get him to make a visit there. I mean, if, if wherever he is, Dylan Gabriel has got to be your front runner but I, mean, I think there's two things. I think there's two key factors here that you got to look at that make this statement true. It's like I'm doing my own true or false here. But I think the first thing you got to look at is the fact that Dylan Gabriel is on campus right now. He's the quarterback on campus. He's the guy with this team. And, and even though there's no like spring practices or anything else like that going on right now you are you are doing off-season conditioning you are in the dorm with the other with the other guys on the team you're you're hanging out with those guys you're developing that rapport you're developing that relationship and so forth so I, I think absolutely Dylan Gabriel's the man just be just because of his presence and then when you consider Dylan Gabriel's experience in jeff levy's offense that even amplifies what i'm saying here as far as him being the starting quarterback because jeff levy's going to come in and he's going to do something completely different the the verbiage the, the the alignment the execution everything that happens moving forward with oklahoma football offensively will be different than lincoln riley and the guy on campus right now who has a, a clear understanding of that has to be your front runner to be your starting quarterback. Now, am I, am I saying that Kenneth Williams absolutely can't be the starting quarterback next year? That's not even close to what I'm saying. What I am saying is that I think he's the, I think that that, that Dylan Gabriel has to be the guy you consider as the better option right now, especially when you consider that Caleb Williams isn't even on campus. When you you look at the the transfer portal, yes, it giveth, and yes, it taketh away. Mario Williams, he's already gone. Uh, He committed over the weekend to USC, and that makes you think that um, it's just another step closer for Caleb Williams making that same decision because those two guys were very clear on the fact that they wanted to play together, that they wanted to spend their college years together. And so the fact that Mario Williams is on campus and has committed just makes you think it's a matter of time until Caleb Williams does the exact same thing. And part of the sad part about Mario Williams is losing him from baseball because don't forget he was a 2 sports star in high school and has the opportunity to be a 2 sports star in college, at least at the University of Oklahoma he did. I don't don't know what that translates to out on the West Coast. Um, But through the transfer portal, Oklahoma – has added a quarterback, a tight end, two defensive linemen, and a linebacker, and a lot of those guys have the opportunity to be uh, immediate impact guys. I think the only guy that you're looking at right now who possibly isn't an, an immediate impact guy would be Ted Roof's son, uh, T.D. Roof, that's coming in as the linebacker transfer. Transfer the Sooners rank by 24/7 Sports. They rank number seven in the transfer rankings. Um, so. They're. I think Oklahoma's winning the transfer portal, and I know that's hard to say when you consider that the the likes of Cato Williams, the likes of Jaden Hazelwood, the likes of Austin Sogner, you know the, the the likes of Mario Williams. Those guys all leaving. When you look at your rank number seven in transfers, you're getting in some good talent, and there's three names out there that I think if you're an Oklahoma fan, you really want to look at these three names and and be aware of them. And two of them happen to be USC products who were on campus over the weekend, Jackson Dart and Mike Trigg. Uh, both of those guys, Jackson Dart was a freshman uh, at USC, Mike Trigg, uh, a tight end. So you got a quarterback and a tight end. Uh, looked to be a package deal. I don't think it's a done deal uh, with them uh, in terms of them coming and, and committing of the transfer portal but i do think you can say it's a done deal in terms of they're not coming back to usc and jackson dart was very vocal about just the pursuit of Caleb williams being a key part of that and so jeff levy we've talked about this in past past episodes of the podcast jeff levy is a guy that has that national brand recognition like a lincoln riley it's, it's not like there's Lincoln Riley and then there's nobody else out there who's innovative and leading the way in offense across the, the landscape of college football. Jeff Ludby very much has that same mindset and same capability to be innovative and, and people are attracted to that. So that's what would bring in a guy like Jackson Dart and Mike Trigg just to see what they can do. And by all accounts. They enjoy their time. You look at their social media pages, you look at some of the videos and some of the, the, the posts that are out there. It uh, looks like these guys enjoyed their time. And and if you're looking at when the next wave of commitments are coming from the transfer portal, I would say this week. Because it's going to get crazy this week. And the reason it's going to get crazy this week is because, again, spring semester starting, most of these guys, most of these guys want to be on campus. They, they all have, I mean... You may have one or two guys out of the entire transfer portal. You may have just a handful of guys that go to junior college, take classes to remain eligible, and then start back up over the summer. The majority of these guys are wanting to be on campus for the spring semester so that they can participate in spring football. And so that's why I think this coming week is going to be a very busy week for commitments out of the transfer portal, both in the announcements of guys coming to Oklahoma and the announcement of guys leaving Oklahoma in Jackson Dart Mike Trigg are two guys that I think you definitely want to keep an eye on. Now, when you're looking at subliminal messaging, I think the guy Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Alabama, um, number one player from the state of Texas for the 2019 recruiting class. Sanders is a, is a guy that Oklahoma was in on. They recruited him to play tight end. He ended up going to Alabama to play linebacker, left Alabama. Now he's kind of going back and forth. It looks like, I know there's different takes on this. It looks like it's down between Oklahoma and Texas. Arkansas is a player on this, but the reality is it's down between Oklahoma and Texas. I firmly believe, and here's where you look at subliminal messaging in that Kel Gundy tweeted out the, the little lock emojis. And and we know that uh, in the absence of, of Lincoln Riley, the eyeball emojis are gone. So you're going with the, the lock emojis. And and at first you're thinking, okay, this guy's on the defensive side of the ball. Why would Kale Gundy put out the lock? Well, the reason Kale Gundy would do that is because you've got... When you go back to the, the, the 2019 recruiting cycle, this kid... I think 2020 now, I'm, I'm doubting myself, but Kil Gendy was the lead recruiter on this kid. And so even though you've got a new coaching staff, even though you've got the, the, uh, playing the other side of the football and, and all that, when you bring a kid in, you want familiarity, right? You, you want somebody who knows him, knows his family, knows his name, knows uh, all about him. That's why Kil Gundy would be involved on Drew Sanders' recruitment and I think Oklahoma is very, very close to locking and landing Drew Sanders uh, out of this recruiting, uh, out of the transfer portal and, and what is becoming the new method of recruiting. Let me give you one more name to keep an eye on here as well. I know I said I'd give you three, but let me give you one more. It's a, a, a transfer, a cornerback transfer from Louisville, Connie Walker. I, I think Oklahoma's got him. I think again, this week is going to be crazy in terms of guys making commitments. But Connie Walker is going to be a guy that uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, he's going to be a guy that comes in uh, and plays corner. When you look at the exit of Latrell McCutcheon, um, I think there's 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 room here for for that that position. Uh, so that gives you Connie Walker, Jackson Dart, Mike Trigg, and Drew Sanders, four names that Oklahoma could be adding and and for. Drew Sanders was a five-star kid coming out of high school. That's a big, big get for Oklahoma if all that comes into fruition. Again, number seven right now uh, in terms of 24-7 sports and the rankings out of the transfer portal. Oklahoma's number seven. Uh, They could absolutely move up this coming week if all four of these guys, or even just a few of them, maybe even if you get Drew Sanders, uh, they're going to move up in those rankings. True or false coming up. Uh, Rich sent me a Crud ton of questions, and we're going to get into those next. This is the Sooner Nation podcast. all right here we go it's everybody's favorite section of the is it a section or a segment i think it would be a segment right everybody's favorite segment of the sooner nation podcast true or false where we take your questions and we answer them we tell them we tell you whether your statement is true whether it's false and we tell you why it is that way and because rich and my normal podcast mate hasn't been able to jump on here with me i asked him to send me his questions and he did just that we're gonna go through these, but the first one comes from Don. Got to throw this in here, and here, here we go. We got, we actually got six today, so we're gonna add, uh, add to the mix. We normally only do five, but we'll take six because we got a good listener question here. I, I felt like it was appropriate. Uh, here we go. True or false? The new era of the transfer portal makes recruiting insignificant. Um, I think what he's talking about here specifically is recruiting out of high school, and I, I don't think it's, I don't. I think this is false. I think recruiting out of high school becomes even more significant because of the transfer portal. And I think that way for two reasons. Number one, you're still going to have a lot of kids who fall in love with the university, and they're going to want to spend their entire career at said university. And then you're going to have kids who take, a, take Drew Sanders. You know, t- take, take this kid for just as a great example here, okay? Drew Sanders had a good relationship with Kale Gundy. We already mentioned that here in the podcast. Drew Sanders went to Alabama, became a starting linebacker, and then got injured, and Dallas Turner takes the place as a starting Sam linebacker for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now Drew Sanders is in the portal. He's young. He's got years of eligibility left, and because Kale Gundy, even though Kale Gundy coaches offense, because Kale Gundy already had an established relationship with him, Oklahoma's one of the front runners to land Drew Sanders. So what does that tell you? That tells you that, yeah, I think high school recruiting absolutely is still important. It's vital to establish those relationships and to kind of hone in on those and and stay in contact with those kids because you never know what a situation like that's going to happen. I think in terms of a guy like a Caleb Williams and a Mario Williams, uh, where their head coach leaves, and those guys committed to a head coach, not to a university. When, when that happens, what do you do? Well, there's nothing you can do. They're going to follow the coach. But in a situation like Spencer Rattler, you know, Spencer Rattler's in South Carolina because of Shane Beamer. That, that, that amplifies the level of commitment and the level of a relationship that you build with these recruits and their families When it comes time for them to hit the transfer portal, there's a lot of kids in the transfer portal and a lot of kids are going to hit the transfer portal every year. But I still think you look statistically across the realm of college football, more kids will stay on a campus for four years or five years, sometimes six years. More kids will stay throughout their entire collegiate career at one program. than will enter the transfer portal and move on so here we go here's Richard's questions uh you look first at the big 12 and we already talked about the level of play uh in the that the big 12 does and basketball the best basketball conference in america if you want my opinion and rich says uh despite the slow start uh to conference play oklahoma basketball will still make the tournament I think Oklahoma's still sitting pretty well. You're at 12 and5 on the season. I think you got to get to 20 wins. Um, I think if you can get to 19 before you go to Kansas City for the tournament, you' you're sitting pretty good, but I don't know that Oklahoma has to be 500 or better to get into the NCAA tournament. So I think this is true. I, I, I think if you, you look if you lose the next two, you lose uh, to Kansas and Baylor on your home court. Then suddenly, you, I think, like I said, to the start the podcast, your backs are firmly against the wall here. But the reality is, I think there's still a lot of time here for Oklahoma basketball. And I'm not at all ready at this point to say that the Sooners are out of the tournament. Um, I, I think they would still very much be in this tournament uh, at this point. So I'm going to say that one is true. Uh, moving on to football for the rest of the way here. Uh, number two from Rich true or false if Kenna Williams decides on a new destination he'll likely take a few other players with him I I, I think you got to say this is true Um, we know for sure Mario Williams is gone right we we already talked about how Mario Williams and Kenna Williams are most likely going to be a package deal wherever they end up landing and um, and I, I think the fact that that Mario Williams committed to USC on Saturday or Friday, whenever it was. That's a precursor that Caleb Williams' decision is looming, and and so you know for sure he's going to take one. Um, but again, there's 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 a, there's a there's a fallout here. You you know Spencer Rattler took Austin Stogner. Jason, Jaden Hazelwood decided to, to blaze his own trail. Um, you look at Gentry Williams and the possibility of, of him switching to USC. I, I don't know that Gentry Williams would do it just because of Caleb Williams, but I think the guys that are on campus now are the guys that are on campus. I, I don't the, the semester's starting, so the time to jump into the portal isn't going to happen right now. That's not to say... That after the spring semester and you go into the summer, you got some guys that come through. They they look at the the new coaching philosophy. They look at the new schematics. They 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 see how where their kind of role is in the pecking order. That's not to say they might not jump out in the summer and and you have some guys go over to USC or UCLA uh, wherever Caleb Williams ends up going. I think we're fooling ourselves to think that he's going to go to UCLA. I think that's just fodder right now for conversation. Um, I 100% feel like that right now at this point that USC is hands-on the favorite to land Caleb Williams. I think the question now was just who and when uh, would he take with him? Uh, here we go. Uh, moving on, Drew Foss, OU isn't uh, winning Caleb Williams over with the recruitment and the addition of other quarterbacks. I think you look specifically at Dylan Gabriel and, and what we've already said about that, uh, but there's also the pursuit of, of Cheba uh, Purdy, Brock Purdy's younger brother, and so forth. And I, I think this is something where you, you can't care about this because you you can't mortgage your future on the hopes that Caleb Williams is coming back. You know, when when you look at this, Oklahoma's not recruiting. I, I guess I guess you say it this way. Caleb Williams isn't in the transfer portal because Oklahoma recruited other quarterbacks. Oklahoma recruited other quarterbacks because Caleb Williams is in the transfer portal. You see what I'm saying? So when you look at that, I I give Oklahoma's coaching staff a ton of credit here because they're not waiting. They have a plan. They know who they want to be. They know where they want to be. They know how they want to be or how they want to get there. And they have a plan to get there with Cato Williams. You have a plan to get there without Cato Williams. Cato Williams chose for this moment to not be a part of that plan. And I, I know there's there's those fans out there. They're, they're there and they want, they want to say, you know what? You 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 put out all the stops for Caleb Williams, and I don't I don't agree with that. I don't think that's what you do. In fact, I'm confident that's not what you do. What you do is you move forward with your plan, and I think it's it's more impressive that Oklahoma has a plan and is moving forward without Caleb Williams than it would be if they pump the brakes and they stop everything. Dylan Gabriel was, was about to start class at UCLA when Jeff Levy called him. Hey, just had a conversation with Caleb Williams. He doesn't know if he wants to be here or not. Do you want to be here? Dylan Gabriel's leaving so- Southern California to get back to Norman, Oklahoma, to be reunited with Jeff Levy. That's a guy who wants to be there. That's a guy you build around. That's a guy you move forward with. And it's Caleb Williams who made the decision not to be that guy. Oklahoma, the coaching staff, Brent Venables, Jeff Levy, no one made that decision for Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams could have been that guy after the Alamo Bowl. He could have been the guy to hold this class together. He could have been the guy that the future of the program was riding on his shoulders. He could have been Mr. Oklahoma football. He could have written his own check in Norman. But he chose not to be that guy. He chose to go explore options. And I think you got to give Oklahoma's coaching staff all the credit in the world for moving forward with a plan. We're going to get to this point. We're going to get to this spot in college fo- in the, in the pecking order of college football. And we're going to get there with Cato Williams or we're going to get there without Cato Williams. And if Cato Williams is choosing not to be with us or doesn't know how to, if he wants to be with us, we're, we know how to move forward in that situation. So is Oklahoma doing the Caleb Williams any favors? No, they're not. That, that's a true statement. But I think the other side of that is, does Oklahoma care? No, they don't. They don't care because they're moving forward with their plan. And it was Caleb Williams' choice. I think I've harped on that enough. Um, oh, we're going to sit with Dylan Gabriel. Uh, true or false, Dylan Gabriel has a legitimate, uh, <laughs> here we go, Deja vu. Dylan Gabriel has a legitimate shot at the starting job for Oklahoma football. Yeah, I think Dylan Gabriel is your starter. Right now, Dylan Gabriel is your starter for Oklahoma football for all of the reasons that I've mentioned. I, I, I would even go, at this point, the way this, um, now if you add Chubba Herbie, Her, Chubba Herbie, that, that's going to be a name that's going to be maybe hard to say when uh, if it happens, but if you add Chubba Purdy to this roster, you might end up having a quarterback battle. But at this point, the way the roster shakes out in Norman, there's no quarterback battle to be had. This is Dylan Gabriel's team. You add Chubba or Purdy, you add Cade Williams, you put them in the mix, and I think there is a full-blown quarterback battle that goes into the spring, into the summer, before Jeff Levy makes a decision. But as the way things stand right now, it's not just that he has a legitimate shot at starting. I think he is the starter. And as I said earlier in this podcast, that if, if Cannon Williams comes back, I still think Dylan Gabriel has, has the edge. And I know people think I'm crazy, people are going to disagree with that. My son is going to be one of them. But again, don't overlook the, the power of presence, right? Dylan Gabriel's on campus. Don't overlook the power of, power of knowledge. Dylan Gabriel knows the playbook. Does Kenneth Williams have a higher ceiling? Yeah. I'd be willing to bet that he has a higher ceiling. But that doesn't always get you there. And and so, yeah, the, the answer to this question is 100% absolutely, uh, absolutely true. Um, this is kind of a fun one from Rich. When you look at uh, Josh Heupel, the last left-handed quarterback that Oklahoma had uh, to lead them to a national title, uh, says Dylan Gabriel, a lefty, uh, can set the Sooners back on track for a national championship. And, and again, I, I think I, I, there's, there's two – I feel like there's two sets of fans out there right now. There, there is that set of fans that believe that with Caleb Williams, all things are possible – Without Cato Williams, all things are questionable. There's that set of fans. And then there's the other set of fans who believe that Dylan Gabriel can do this. Dylan Gabriel can lead this team. I follow that second set of fans. The guy threw for over 8,000 yards in less than three full seasons at UCF. Well, oh, but he was playing, you know, look at the level of competition. I get it. I understand that argument, okay? And I'm not going to try to devalue that argument. I'm just going to tell you 8,000 yards in less than three full seasons is a lot of yards. It's a lot of yards. That's the type of guy you're getting in Dylan Gabriel. And he's, I mean, it's not just the experience. Again, you just can't undervalue Is that experience in Jeff Levy's offense. But it's not going to be a solo act. You know that, right? It's not going to be just Dylan Gabriel coming in and leading this team. I think he would be the unquestioned leader of this offense. But who's going to be running back, right? What's Eric Gray going to do? What's Marcus Major going to do? Are they going to take another step forward going into next fall? What about some of these younger guys? Gavin Solchuk, does he fit into this? You've got some good receivers already on campus, but who's going to step up and fill that gap that was created by Mario Williams leaving? Who's going to fill the void with Jaden Hazelwood leaving? So I think you're on track because you got Marvin Mims who's staying. You're on track because you're bringing in that big tight end from Missouri. You're on, you're on track because you got got like guys like Jaleel Farouk who just get another year of eligibility, uh, excuse me, another year of experience under their belts. And Jaleel Farouk had a pretty good Alamo Bowl. So can Dylan Gabriel do this? Absolutely he can. As long as it's an understanding it's not all on Dylan Gabriel's shoulders. And when we're making Dylan Gabriel and Josh Heupel comparisons, let's not forget that by the end of that season, Josh Heupel's arm was like a wet noodle. Can I use that example? That's why he didn't make it in the NFL. That arm was done. Oklahoma won that 2000 National Championship based on the defense. And when you're looking for Oklahoma's key to winning Competing for and winning a national championship. I think Oklahoma has reached the point offensively, even with the absence of Lincoln Riley. I mean, remember, we've talked about this. Offenses were humming in Norman, Oklahoma before Lincoln Riley. They will continue to hum in Norman, Oklahoma post Lincoln Riley. Oklahoma's reached the point offensively where they've arrived, they're there, they're going to have the offense. The key to a championship is going to be what happens on the other side of the ball. And when you look at the addition to the transfer portal, you look at the additions to the recruiting, you look at the returning experience and then the, and the, the uh, supposed growth that these guys are going to have, that's going to have a lot more of a say in whether Oklahoma wins a national championship or not than what Dylan Gabriel does. And that's just my opinion. So sorry for the absence. Uh, gonna try to be more, uh, more consistent uh, at least for for the short period of time. Uh, travel has. Has slowed down just a little bit, so we'll have something up later on in the week. Hopefully catch you up on, on the latest additions and subtractions through the transfer portal. We'll talk about Oklahoma basketball, Oklahoma basketball against Kansas in the recap. Looking forward to that Baylor game as well. Uh, you can catch us every day at heartland-sports.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Sports Hope you guys have a fantastic week. Boomer Sooner.